This is a download from MFR. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. I am a wooden boy. I know, I didn't, I didn't I want say to be a real boy. All right, okay. What I need to do is go up the money first and find a wheel. What you need one to do is seek from my specialist dad's help, help, I think. And then come out. First of all, I need to build a raft. Why don't we do it after this? You do that. Let's start with... Well, i tell you what I was going to say. I was going to say, is that a country in Europe? And then I realised... <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest. I got confused. It's the heat. It's what's roasting it. You're not going to set the fire alarm. No, I'm doing what Charlie says. This is a, this is an educational message for children. The 80s rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Welcome to episode 10 of the 80s Rewind Again podcast with myself, Paul Stevenson, presenter of the 80s Rewind show Tuesday nights on MFR2 between 7 and 9. And alongside me, as always, in his crazy states, is MFR breakfast presenter, Mr. Gino Conti. Are you okay over there? I'm trying to move this mug with my, my Jedi force powers. Like, um, it's like, pick it up like normal people. Well, I can't reach it, though. <laughs> so I'm trying to move it. There we are, look like at that. you trying to move something else that? doing that. Tell you what, next thing, Darth will be like, oh, I'm your father. Oh, oh. And I'll be like, Dad, you need to take your inhaler. <laughs> How you getting on? Gino, I'm here on the podcast. <laughs> Episode 10, Double Figures. Speaking of 10, do you remember that movie with uh, Bo Derek with the sort of dreadlocks? And what's his name? Dudley Moon across the beach. Ooh, and they slowed it down and put like sexy music on. Mm. That was the first time I had to get the old cushion trick. Hi, Mum. I think I'll go to bed now. <laughs> Why are you taking cushions with you, boy? I don't have any in my room. That's what I used to say. Wonderful. Good to see you. It's great to see you getting on. Hey, we're giving stuff away today. We're giving away the sweeties. Are they left? Do we have, we've got a big box full over there. The ones that we have not touched because the rest of them have gone. This is the little jar that we had is empty. People have uh, rummaged through it and they've yeah. stolen it. I'm disgusted. I only had three of them. Really? Well, yeah. You kept coming in and taking them all the time. That wasn't me. That was... That was a, a Gino Conti lookalike. It's my body double. Oh, right, body okay. double, yeah. Must get a lot I'm of work. Putting, I'm putting a claim in for a bad back. Right. So then. technically, I'm no here. Okay. Or am I? And I don't know. Or is it? Are you? You can dance if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a clue as to what's coming up on today's show. Yeah. Slightly different for you today. Instead of the, the huge superstar interviews, the likes of Paul Young and Marty Palo and Kim Wilde, we're going for something slightly different. The okay. interviews that are kind of a bit more in-depth. And I'll tell you why. Um, it's an old interview uh, from 2012, back end of 2012. It's the first time I've managed to squeeze it into the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a guy called Andy Leake. Many people might not know who he is, but he was a member of Dexy's Midnight Runners. Back in the early days, he played on the first album, uh, played on Gino, big number one single, all that kind of stuff. But he had to leave the band due to some quite, well, difficult circumstances. And we'll hear from that a little bit later on as well. We'll also hear from uh, Peter Coyle from the Lotus Eaters. And, uh, First bit to have you. That's the one. Yeah, I love biggest, that song. Biggest, mo- most played song on UK radio in 1983. 1983, song. most played song. Wow, considering last year the most played song on radio was Domino by Jesse J. There just, you go. I'm just showing you what could happen 30 years later. Yes. Gets some, worse. Some gets music, worse 30 years later. Yeah, declines. You can dance if you want to. So he talks a lot about um, how he was kind of prejudiced and things like that as well because he was he was rather feminine without being feminine. He wasn't like kind of boy George feminine. He was kind of sitting on the stage with no shoes on, kind of singing quite softly, and he had the kind of bo- uh, kind of boyish good looks sort of thing. So like like, like ourselves, <laughs> boyish good looks. <laughs> I got ID for everyone. Prejudice, prejudice, prejudice. Spelling. I don't think there's a pre- G in it. Pre- I've got a G. Is that an S? In fact. 
Predecessor. No, there's no D's. No, no, okay. Yep, going well, going well. And as you keep alluding to, Ivan from Men Without Hats. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friend, but you can dance, dance, do the dance, do the dance tonight. Yes, we've got all them. We've also got the package from Dave the Geek. He's bringing us Action Men of the 80s. Oh, Action Men of the 80s, my favourite. I, I can't wait. I hope his favourite is my favourite because if his favourite is not my favourite, I won't actually pick another favourite. I'm going to stick with my favourite, even though it's not the same favourite as he's got as a favourite. I'm just going to say I don't have a favourite right now because you just confused me. We've also got Gino's Big Quiz and a tribute to Maggie Thatcher at the end of the show as well. See you, Mags. It'd be very difficult not to pass comment on the woman that was premised all the way through the glorious decade of the 80s. Maggie Thatcher says she has the same name as how you would you, the nickname you would use for, for shortening the word magazine. Mags. Okay. <laughs> I'm on my tea. <laughs> You're on form today. That's all I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened. Thank you very much to everyone that's joined us in the social networking world mm. and Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. I've had a lot of fun on uh, Facebook in April. Loving I've it. I've been uh, throwing up a load of quizzes, naked 80s singers, movie scenes, bits of album covers, cars from movies, just trying to identify what they are. And uh, loads of people getting involved with that, which Lord is good. Loads of you. We're up to 170 likes. That's not we bad. We really want to it? say thank you for that. And I want to say a special Uh-oh. Keep It 80s to our new likers from just the weekend just there to David and to Stacey keep it 80s <laughs> look at my man boot look. oh don't put it away uh, I'm glad we're not filming this today I've shaved, I've shaved I've shaved 80s into my oh, chest Jesus, it took me about half an hour last night look that's why I've got a beard look feel because I shaved 80s into my chest did uh, you do it looking downwards because from here it says 08 oh right it's the mirror isn't it uh, that means in the back I've got peak T <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> Yeah fool So, so I, anyway I, yeah, I, Thank you very much to Amy Jameson Tony Barker Gerald and Jennifer Holdsworth Ben Malone Ryan Gilbert Danny Murphy Jay Cook and Libby Leonard For getting in touch With all the quizzes And working wow. out who's who uh, Also uh, up there I put a picture of Charlie Says I like to put these Kind of pictures up of, uh, Do you remember these Sort of thing I do And that one got a great response Loads of people liking that uh, Jennifer Muir said The advert used to freak her out It was yeah. a bit weird wasn't it um, We had a little boy That was uh, what, it was An actual seven year old boy That voiced Charlie Says And then Charlie used to come in And go <laughs> now here's a here's a question for you. Uh-oh. Which comedian voiced the cat? I don't know. It was Kenny Everett. Oh, <laughs> hey, you see, and it was all based on the concept of of um, Charlie Says. It was mm. based on like little Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio wants to be a real boy, and he gets invited to play. Hey, Pinocchio, why don't you come and play? And play? I want to be a real boy. I want to be a real boy. And Jiminy Cricket, like, no, Pinocchio, don't do that. And he gives him advice. That's basically where the cat comes in. So oh, the cat was like well, an 80s version go. of Jiminy Cricket. And just like Pinocchio kids, if I don't tell a lie through this whole podcast, I might too become a, a real boy, because just now, I made the wood. Oof. That was on my special area. <laughs> Thank you for that. And also, we put up a picture of uh, Top Gun. This was uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, because Top Gun Day is on the 13th of May. I don't know why. I don't know where this came from. I don't know if it's an official celebrating day, but there's a website up there, Top Gun Day, 13th of May, and it's got the chance to put your call sign. You get generate your wow. call sign. Call so, sign generator. Yeah, thank you very much to everyone that got in touch with theirs. We've got Bernie Ballistic Freeman. That's a great name, isn't it? Craig Kong Ising. I like that. Yeah. Makes them sound Get it on, like... Massive. Yeah, Lawn Macho McCormack. And that's nice. That's that's more. That one. That's more. Let's get lubed up, and I'll show you my muscles. Yeah, and I'll be a funny shade of brown. Maybe you should introduce himself pants. to Sunita. You know. C- yeah. Damn well. Yeah. yeah. True. Lynette Cash McLean. That's a good one. Martin Golden Hawk Baker. <sighs> Alistair Bone Watson that's, Oof, that's a thug that one uh, May Falls McGregor and uh, Neil Sunshine McGregor nice. I love that one that's a funny one you're um, my wingman Sunshine <laughs> and uh, our Facebook friend Philip Sue he uh, actually went and did four because he wasn't happy with he got a big size yeah. yeah he wasn't happy with Happy he didn't like Palmy and he didn't like King and he ended up sticking with Porky 
Interesting. Strange one. Yeah, not not porky as in pig as in bleep bleep bleep, bleep, bleep at all. No, it's not. not, not but no, porky no, no. as in P E W as in paw. What does that mean? Any po- ideas? Po- porky. Yeah. Um, I think porky is basically if you have animals in the house, for example, you may have that's French for for example, by the way. Um, you may have maybe a dog or possibly a cat, <laughs> and, and dog and cats have paws, whereas a horse would have a, a hoof. Uh, so what you can get is a special key made for them so they can enter and leave the premises while you're away maybe at work uh, possibly down the shops getting some milk and butter or maybe on a holiday or on a romantic weekend with the wife oh with the my nightcaps anyway uh, no matter what the reason for you to vacate your premises a paw key is a key which fits in the paw of your animal but on not a horse because they've got a hoof and that will open the door of the premises therefore you don't even have to require an in-law to visit or possibly ask a neighbour to do you a favour that's amazing <laughs> so our Facebook friend Philip Sue has Mr. Porky now, porky. so he's gonna have to get like a cat's paw kind of sewn into his hand. But you say it like Porky. Oh, it's right. not. It's it's Porky. Por- por- porky. That's yeah. Porky. It's like Chawhi. Porky. Chawhi. Yeah, that's the horse and all dogs go to heaven. What? <laughs> that's my favourite movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, we put ours in there as well. I'm Yodel. I'm not happy with that. Lieutenant that's rubbish. Paul Yodel State. What the heck? Do you know? I can't even do it. Yodel is a parcel service. Okay. Uh, we've also got Dave Danger the Geek. Danger, danger. Danger, danger. That's a good name. And putting you in there, you got Gino Shogun Conti. I can speak Shogun, you know. Oh, here we go. I was actually brought up in Japan. And <laughs> I was at. I believe you, I believe you. I totally believe you. I'm laughing at something I've written on my page. You ever seen Tom Cruise's last Samurai? He goes in with the Samurai. Yes, with Tom Cruise. my best friend. Similar thing happened to me. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I was brought up with this guy, and he used to deny the fact it was Richard, Richard Chamberlain. And he looked just like him. Because Richard Chamberlain was in Shogun 1980. <laughs> That's how Shogun speak. That means um, I can't make everyone with tea tonight. I've got a wee lesson on those big bamboo swords that you fight right. with. But remember that? Do you remember the movie? Uh, not the movie, the program Shogun. It was on for like ages. It was amazing. Like, and he had the, the, the whatever the, the, the dress and he used to do the sword fighting. And then he went on after he became a Shogun. He went on. So what does that to, mean? What does that mean? That means I after. Don't I was, that. Well, I'm translating. I'm, okay, okay. Because we've got so many international listeners, I thought I'm just chucking yeah, yeah, some yeah. Japanese in there. It's true, like, it's true. So after the, after the Richard Chamberlain did Shogun, and can I just say, it's Richard Chamberlain, it's not Richard Clayderman. You hum it, I'll play it on the piano. No, it's Richard Chamberlain, the actor. And after he did Shogun, he went on to do the Thornbirds, where he actually had to be ordained as a priest <laughs> in real life. And then he slept Rachel Ward from Against the Lords. You coming back to me, you can dance if you want to. Do the, do the dance. <laughs> I've done my oh, research. I've done my research, pal. rice. Yes, you're on phone today, Mr. Conti. So all that coming up on the show. Thank you very much for everyone getting in touch on Facebook. Remember, if you're not liking us on Facebook yet, what on earth are you playing at? Just get on the Facebook and search for 80s Rewind again, and you can keep in touch with all our 80s musings on there. Simple as. And happening. on Twitter. Twitter as well. You can follow Come on, us. I'm testing you now. What is it? 80s Rewind again. <laughs> it's not hard, is it? It is for me, Paul. <laughs> Listen, I had to uh, go on the big plus. 10, you're still struggling with the name. Well, I get. What? I find it difficult. It's everything. Sometimes in life, people think things really simple, and I find those simple things difficult. I find you simple too. Right, moving on. We are giving away all those sweeties you alluded to. There's a big box behind me here with. I love it. All them sweeties hey, in. Go and just hit that box again. Just give it a hit. That's the noise of Paul hitting a cardboard box. But this is the noise of me knocking on my own arm because just like Pinocchio, I want to be a real boy. Never going to happen. So, I put all the names of all the shares. You yep. had the chance up to the okay. 30th of April. I need to take my top off. It's almost like a drum roll in itself. Listen to that. That's pretty cool. You like that? Yeah, can you Good. stop doing it just that way? Just make a point. That was the noise of Paul shaking a plastic container, which is not this noise, which is me knocking on my wooden leg because I want to be a real boy. Wonderful. So, Gino Conti, as you are the celebrity Excellent. here, you're going to have to pick the winner. 
of all these people. I think there was nearly 90 shares in total. So can, I, can I turn my back when I do it? You can do whatever you want yeah. as long as you pick a name out. Hey, what chance I'm going to pick a name out without using oh, my hands? No. Did it? Keep your gun. You okay? Yeah. I'm your eyes are rolling in the back of your head. I've got one hand in my pocket. Now let's pick it on you, Moot! Oh, 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 here okay. we go. Do you want me to tell you who it is? Exciting times. Hold on, I'm, I've got my cables mixed up here. Right, I'm, not... I'm excited here. Come on, stop messing about. Just what are you doing? Tell me who's, getting organized. who's won all these sweeties. Here we are, right. Who's won the sweeties? Okay. Who is it? Who is it? Her name rhymes with 50 pence. Our winner of all these sweeties is Gail Spence. Well done, Gail Spence. Don't know who that is, don't know where you are, but we'll get in touch with you via the Facebook and find out your postage details and we'll get this massive box of sweeties sent out to you. Congratulations, 100 pounds worth of sweets Gail. from Swizzles, Matt Lowe's are on the way to... I'm going to write that down. Uh, I know that Gail's won the sweeties, it's about to be mentioned her. Quite um, important actually, before we go, Gail, how's that spelled? Is it an A-Y-L-E or it, A-I-L? It's A-I-L, not as in force. It's right, okay, good, Gail. go on with that, go on with Gail that. Spence as in pence with an S at the beginning. Um, beginning. Yes, pence at the beginning. beginning. Uh, yeah, so, while Gail Spence, while we're, you're, you're obviously giving it, woo, look at me, wow, woo, woo, one of these sweeties, just let's have an inform you of our new sponsor, Dentu Grip. For those of you that eat too many sweeties, lose your teeth, and then find when you bite on an apple, it comes away from your mouth, and your false teeth are in it. Dentu Grip. I use it, I don't really, it's just, that's just an advert. Let's keep your wooden teeth into your wooden body, mouth and all that. I am a wooden boy. I know, I, did, I didn't I say I want to be a real wasn't. boy. All right, okay. What I need to do is go up the Murray Firth and find a whale. What you need one to do is seek specialist help, help, I think. And then come out. First of all, I need to build a raft. Why don't I do it after this? You do that. Let's start <laughs> with today's first interview. And I alluded to it at the start of the podcast. It is, it's a great interview. It's a very, very unusual story. Now, the man who was in Dexy's Midnight Runners at a very early age had to leave under quite difficult circumstances and went on to become a bit of a legend out in Lebanon, I think it was. Believe it or not, despite him not knowing anything about it. I'll let you tell, I'll let him, I'll let him tell you all about it. This is Andy Lee. Who? Who's going to tell us about him? Andy, him, right. you, him, him, him. Andy, Andy, and him, Andy. Andy him. Andy Leek. Him, Andy Leek. Dexy's man. Used Andy. to be in Dexy's, not, not anymore. Andy Leek. <laughs> From a very young age, you were playing the piano, you were writing songs and all that kind of stuff, and you were, you were always really into music then. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not a person that's like decided to try to be famous, like, you know, the X Factor contestant. Mm. Uh, I'm a person that just uh, has born a... Um, uh, grown up as a singer-songwriter. The first thing I did was form a punk band when I left school, as everyone did in those days, called mm. the Wailing Cox. And I was on John Peel. I did two John Peel sessions and one uh, live in concert session. But unfortunately, what happened was uh, the guitarist out of the band, who was my best friend and my greatest musical buddy, you know, and uh, we did everything together. He was killed in a car crash, and it it uh, he was only 23, and. Uh, it, it blew my mind at the time. I couldn't carry on with anything. I couldn't carry on with my punk band. I, I, I didn't know what to do. And then an agent called me and said, uh, this band called Dex is looking for a keyboard player. They, they weren't famous at the time or anything. Mm. It was still early days for them. And I joined them, you know, and uh, that's what I did to kind of get away from the grief uh, uh, as well as, you know, wanting to do it. Yeah. But it, it, it distracted me from, from the, the sadness. So you're in Dexy's Midnight Runners, and how old were you? You were very young, weren't you? 
Yeah, I was about 17 or 18. 17 or 18. And, and at that sort of time, it was just in the early days of those, and, and you actually recorded and played on uh, the Searching Gino, for the Young Soul Rebels. I'm Searching for the Young Soul Rebels. I played on five tracks on Searching for the Young Soul Rebels, and I played on Gino and the B-side, Breaking Down the Walls of Heartache. And I did the whole first tour, which was uh, mighty grueling, I can tell you, 45 <laughs> dates and only five days off. <laughs> Shop man, check the stage, that was swinging high. Oh, Gino. This man was my mama's, my dad's, he's my high. Oh, Gino. I'd have cried the old lady, a chapter got me. It must have been the thrill of just playing live and actually being in front of audiences. Oh, it, it was a tremendous thrill, and I really got on well, uh, despite being the first to leave the band, which I did for various reasons. Uh, I really got on well with Kevin Ryan. We travelled around the country together in on the trains. He taught me how to bunk the train. <laughs> and he taught me how to be a criminal. <laughs> you know, he taught me how to go kind of the whole new attitude towards life. He was a very charismatic uh, kind of leader of the band, and um, he, he was in the catalyst to success, really, more than anybody. Just touching on the reasons for for leaving the band, it wasn't exactly on on happy terms, was it? No, uh, the drummer who I'd had in the Wanning Cox and who I'd brought into Dexys, uh, we had an argument. You know, we we were, we'd been friends from school since um, we were like eleven, so we were really close. And mm. uh, we had a big argument, and he he jumped on me and beat me up, and uh, he was much bigger than me. I couldn't believe what was happening, actually, and. Um, it just freaked me out emotionally and, and otherwise. And uh, I called the band and said, I can't, I can't come back while he's there. And they said, oh, we'll protect you from him. But when I went back, he attacked me again. And uh, he just... But this whole thing was happening where part of the band was splitting up and becoming the Bureau and uh, the, the other half were considering the new options, you know. And it, it, was, it was a shame, really. And what was the reason behind the attacks? Was that was there... a silly thing uh, about money that uh, we we had this van which we owned together and he'd left it on my dad's driveway and uh, my dad had sold it while we were on tour just because he was a piece of junk, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute piece of junk and he, he wanted his share of the money and I hadn't got it. I hadn't had any money off my dad. And uh, he'd in fact had to pay someone to tow it away, I think. So it was, a, it was a silly argument over money, and he probably regrets it as much as me. But we've we've never really known each other since then. I'm a small town, big shot, but I get enough to eat. People are saying you listen, you feel. Well, moving on to, to the CD that I have in front of me now, it's uh, Andy Leake's Say Something. It's the deluxe edition. Um, plenty yeah. of new stuff on there. But tell us a little bit more about the album originally. Well, what happened was uh, my record company said, uh, my management company rather said, who would you like to produce your album now? You've got a record deal and everything. And I said, I don't know much about producers, but I was always into the Beatles. I suppose we couldn't really ask George Martin. <laughs> and everyone in the kind of office laughed. So there's no point asking him. You know, he won't even listen to your tape. 
but we we did we sent him a tape anyway. He said, "Well, the hell, you know, we'll try." And uh, so it was quite a good introduction because my management company were Phil Collins' managers, so he would have taken the tape a bit seriously. Mm. Uh, and uh, he phoned back within ten days and said, "I'm too busy to do an album, but I'll record four tracks." which was amazing. And then uh, we did the four tracks and he said, oh, I want to do the rest of the album now. <laughs> and, uh, so I was, I was honoured to, to have him uh, and uh, it was a great coup for me because, you know, to have someone like George Martin sing your praises and say that you're a great songwriter and uh, all the things that he said about me and there, there are a lot of uh, great things that he said about me. When I listened to some of the demos that Andy had, I was knocked out. I thought the songs were super and that's pretty important. And the voice was great. I arranged to meet him, and um, from then on, it was plain sailing. You know, I just really wanted to make an album with him, and I'm very delighted with it. Uh, and just looking at the album itself, um, the deluxe edition, you've got hidden gems on there, you've got new songs on there as well. Is it good getting in there and recording new stuff again? Yes, of course, yes. Uh, I recorded a song, which is the last song on there, called So Blind, which is tremendous. Uh, one of my best ever ballads, I think. And then uh, Rachel James did a couple of remixes for me. She's a kind of club producer, although the way she remixed my songs wasn't in a dancey way because I didn't want to go into that area. Uh, and uh, well, the, other, the other song was All Around the World, which I recorded actually in Germany when I had a record deal with Polydor. And, uh, so, um, yeah, there's a couple of new songs on there and a few remixes. And the whole thing is remixed by me. Well, all kinds of people have raved about it, and it's been described as a gem, a musical gem and all that stuff. And I only wish uh, everyone had bought it instead of talking about it. <laughs> Indeed, it's, it's out to buy now if anybody wants to get hold of it. Um, but just one more track, the, the title track itself. Um, yes. I was astonished when I when I heard about this. Do you want to tell the story about Beirut? Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> I was astonished too because this guy found me up... Um, I can't remember his second name. His first name was Halil. And he was very, very nice and spoke perfect English. He's a DJ in Lebanon. And he said, oh, I want to do a remix of your song, Say Something. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, so I sent him the CD and all the tracks and everything. And he remixed the whole song as a dance track, mm. which you can still see on the internet. Yeah. Um, and uh, he came back on the phone to me and said, what do you think? And I said, oh, you've done it great. You know, well done. And uh, he says, oh, I hope it will be number one again. <laughs> and there was a pause in my mind. I went, what do you mean again? He goes, well, it was number one here in 1989. I said, no, come on, you know, that's not... It wasn't number one. I would have heard about it. And uh, this was like 16 years later or 18 mm. years later or something. It was a long, long, long time. He said, no, it really was. And he pointed to me, me to this website uh, on the internet, which has now got a video of Say Something on there as well. And there was just like hundreds of people raving about my song Say Something, all from Lebanon saying, you know, it was number one and it was the anthem for them which gave them hope during the Civil War, which is kind of like quite a extreme uh, honour. And uh, so I realised I'd had it no more. I just started to cry, you know, because every artist wants a number one and when you finally realise you had one, it can crack you up, especially if it's 16 years on. The only sad thing about it was, well, there's a couple of sad things. One, it was the very year that Atlantic Records dropped me and they didn't even know I was number one. And they said... Well, I've called them and they said, we would never have dropped you if we'd known you were number one <laughs> in Lebanon, even though it's a small country. And uh, the second thing was, uh, they don't pay royalties. So it's a bit of a bummer, really. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, no agreement with them for royalties. So all I got was like the honour of 
it being number one. And George Martin said to me about it, uh, it's my 30th number one, so, you know, I got to 30 now, thanks to you. That's incredible, isn't it? Uh, so thank you very much for speaking to us, Andy. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to hear your story. And uh, I do urge everyone to go out there and get your new uh, the album Say Something by Andy Leake. It's, uh, it's a tremendous listen. As we said, it's got extra songs on there, it's got remixes on there, and it's got the interview with George Martin on the end of it as well. Exactly. Very worth buying, especially for the... the, the uh, the track, which is the anthem of inspiration to people in Lebanon as well. Andy, thanks thank for you very much. Great fun. No problem at all. Have a good day. Yes, Cheers, man. Andy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Say something Nobody ever told you life was so cruel So there you go, Andy Leake. An incredible story, really, isn't it, when you think about it? And, um, Crazy physical abuse in the band and nobody doing anything about it it's just just weird crazy and then uh, going on to tell a story about being the biggest song in Beirut during the civil war I mean it's <laughs> just, like is that a good thing or a bad thing I don't know I don't know there <laughs> it's weird isn't it he gets a phone call to be told any chance I can remix your song hopefully get back to number one mm-hmm. and he's like hold on what do you mean back to number one it's like oh it's just, it's just I wonder cool. what triggered all that off it's a strange thing to happen you don't oh, really a civil it. war no, not Beirut. In oh, Dexas, right, okay, in okay, Dexas, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I suppose they had their own civil war, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. But uh, no, the first ever album, Searching for the Young Soul Rebels, I've still got on my phone and my iPod today. I love it. I love the tunes. Seven days are too long without you. And I love me, Tell Me When the Lights Turn Out. I also love The Other My Dear. And obviously Gino's on that. You just love that song because it starts with Gino, Gino, Gino. You know, I Gino. once, when I first got into radio and I used to do night shifts, right? I had that as my jingle. So it came up through the night with Gino. <laughs> And my boss came up to me and he said, Hey, Conny, it's no 1976. Change your jingle. It's harsh, 1980. Yeah, but. He's your boss, he didn't even know what year it was. You hurt my feelings. Like, like, sometimes you hurt my feelings. When I tell you that maybe when I become a real boy, maybe we can can be in love. Next, moving on with tonight's 80s Rewind Again podcast. All the best. All the best, all the best. Next interview. This one is uh, something a bit different. Now, uh, Men Without Hats, you've been singing it the whole podcast. You can dance if you want to. Big number one. Well, it wasn't number one. It was a one hit wonder, should I say, from 1983. Everyone knows this song. It's been covered and used on many kind of TV shows nowadays in the last few years. It's back with a brand new album. So I caught up with Ivan. They're back. They're back. They've got a brand new album. Wow. Love the Age of War. Have they got a hat yet? He always wears a hat. Okay, but they said, apart from the video, to they'd have to wear it. I tell you, if they if they do a bit of construction and that, they'll need to get the hat I'd on. Have, you yeah. have to get the safety. Oh, hat. you wouldn't need one because your head's wooden, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I mean they would. However, no, no but to, well, to be fair, I can't stand next to a fire. In fact, if Charlie was here just now, he'd say to me because I've got my lighter in my hand because it's broken. He would go. You're not going to set the fire alarm. No, I'm doing what Charlie says. This is this is an educational message for the children. See, like this lighter doesn't work. Don't get work. me wet. I've got no change of clothes. It doesn't work. Look, the the flint's gone. But I'm just saying, if it was a the Charlie, sprinklers start going. If it was a Charlie says, just talking about health and safety, remember for hats. Yeah, yeah, Charlie yeah. says, if you're a worky, is that your shogun to... accent again? No, my shogun accent is. Oh yeah, completely different. Yeah, see, so Charlie says in shogun talk in Japanese that you've got to wear a hat if you're on a work site. Just, just, what's that noise? I'm not getting a phone call again. Did I get That'll a, be my phone wherever it's gone. Is it maybe? your phone? I don't know. Maybe my wife's phoning you this episode. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> I love that it. That must be your phone. I don't even know where my phone is. I heard it vibe. Do you want me to phone you? Yeah. Right, no. I'll give you a phone. Yeah. No, have you stole my phone? Let's give you a phone. Here we go. Here we are. Here we are. No, I'm getting told off by the message. Here we go. I'm just got a phone in the house. You're right, I'll phone it. Oh, oh hello. it's ringing. It's oh. ringing. It's ringing. Hello. Oh, oh it's ringing. Hello? 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 Hello, is that you, Paul? It is, yeah, yeah. Is that you? It's Gino. How are you getting up, mate? Oh, not bad, not listen, bad. Good. Listen, you lost your phone. I take it you found it then. 
Yeah, 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 I found it on the fudge behind me. Okay, well, I'm going to call a podcast. I need to go anyway, but I'll see you later on. Cheers. Yeah, take it Bye. easy. Cheers. Bye. Excellent. Bye. 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 That was good. Cool. Cool. Solid. Thanks Solid. for that. Right. Oh, sorry. Okay, so you can dance if you want to. Yeah, so they're back with a brand new album and uh, he's a very nice guy to chat to. He chats all about the new stuff and the, the way they recorded it was very much like they did back in 1982-83 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They kind of went back to the old uh, kind of instruments and the old way of doing things just to try and get the, the old real way. Fi- yeah, to get the same feel as, as back then. Um, so a very nice guy to chat to. This is Ivan from Men With Our Hats. And I'm delighted to say on the phone all the way from Canada, shh, don't tell the boss, I have the leader of the Men Without Hats. It is Ivan. How are you doing, Ivan? Great, how are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Thank you very much. Now, uh, what's it like being back in the studio? Because it's, it's a bit of a gap, wasn't it, since your last uh, album? What made you got back in the studio? Or was it just uh, got the creative juices flowing again? What was it? Yeah, it was kind of by accident. We were on tour last, uh, last summer with the Human League and the B-52s, and I was just sitting in the back of the bus. And uh, like you say, the creative juices just started flowing. I started... Uh, popping a lot of the songs down on my iPad and at the end of the tour I had a dozen songs ready to go so we just decided to go back in the studio and put them down Excellent and just listening to it you, you get the feeling straight away it's Men Without Hats it's got that characteristic driving synth electro sound you know really upbeat sort of stuff is that, is that the sort of thing that you love listening to yourself? Yeah, yeah, I know. And we went into the studio this time. We went in and purposely tried to make a record that sounded like it was recorded two weeks after Safety Dance. We went and yeah. got all the vintage gear, and we didn't try and reinvent the wheel or anything. We we stuck with what we knew. And that's what people have been telling me. The fans have been saying uh, that it sounds like Men Without Hats. That's that's the main comment that I'm getting, that, that the, the new stuff sounds like the old stuff. So people like it. Definitely. And what extent did you go to? You said you went and got the old um, instruments or whatever out of the recording. Say, what extent did you go to in that process? Well, we sort of, we, we pretended, uh, we loosely pretended that we were working in a 24-track studio like uh, back in the 80s and uh, not like the sort of uh, limitless uh, number of tracks that you can get on, on a virtual studio on the computers these days. Uh, back in the days, you had to, you had to choose your tracks uh, carefully and wisely because there weren't that many to go around. And so that's it. We went and got the, uh, we went and got the old gear. We went and got the old Prophet 5s and the Yamaha CS50s and all the all the vintage gear we could find and uh, started doing it. It Thanks. was great. A lot of fun. I was going to say, did you enjoy being back in the studio again, putting stuff down? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was like uh, the whole thing has been just a blast for me. It's uh, I spent the last 10 years being a stay-at-home father, raising my son, and so I was just I was itching to get back out there. And, and when I finally did, it was it was like riding a bicycle. It was it was a lot of fun. Brilliant stuff. Ivan, we would be remiss of us not to mention the big hit from the 80s, uh, Safety Dance. I mean, does it still bring back fond memories for you? Oh, it does. I have a lot of fun playing it, too. Like I said, I've been, I've been out of it for quite a while, so playing all the old stuff now is, is, like, is, is, is all new again to me now. It's, it's, uh, it's really fresh, and I enjoy it a lot. I ask this of, of, of everybody that I speak to. Uh, at the time when you recorded it, when you got it down and you were listening to it, did you think, man, this is going to be a hit? Well, you know, in this business, you, we, the guys like me, we don't, we, every song we write we think is a hit, you know? <laughs> Wouldn't be doing it otherwise. <laughs> but, uh, no, it wasn't even the first single released off the album back then. We, 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 I think it was the second single That's that we right, released. Yeah. We, we weren't even uh, counting on it uh, that much. And we were in studio recording the follow-up album when it finally broke. It was the, the dance mix, actually, that broke the whole thing. And we were halfway through recording the follow-up record where we had to drop it and get back in a bus and tour America for another year and a half. 
which must have been a hardship for you. Uh, yeah, as, you, as, you as you said earlier as well, you came to the UK, you came to England to uh, film the video to Safety Dance. Now, whose idea was it behind all that? Well, it was kind of both. Uh, there was the producers, Tim Pope and myself. We both had this kind of Pied Piper kind of theme that we mm. wanted to do. And I think that's one of the reasons it turned out to be such a good video is that uh, the producer and I really saw eye to eye on, on how the thing should be presented. So it was, it was good. And whose idea was it for the actual dance itself? Then the the, the S shape that you, you threw. Oh, that in the was video. That, that was Tim. Tim. Tim the producer. Tim Pope, the producer. He came up with that, and it's uh, he did a good job because it's certainly stuck. It certainly has. It's become very iconic, hasn't it? And it's uh, appeared it has, in like yeah. Family Guy and Simpsons and all that sort of stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why why you know gave me the drive to come back was seeing the songs being referenced in pop culture all the time on Simpsons and like you say on the Family Guy and all over the place Glee and Glee yeah that was a big one yeah yeah so it's uh, that plus the fact that I was hearing a lot of you know influences 80s influences in the new music that the kids are doing these days there's a lot of synths a lot more synthesizers in the music now a lot more big 80s drum sounds in the, in the music so it, it was a combination of a lot of things give me the drive to come back and do it there you go, Ivan from Men Without Hats. That's a great tune. I don't care what anybody says. That is a great tune. Amazing tune. Can I just say, speaking about Ivan, yep. my Uncle Ivan, it spoke to Paul Young. Did you ever find the master copy? I, I, I got them uh, when he was talking about it. He said it's the best time of his life. When, uh, yeah, we, uh, um, yeah. Uh, moving on with today's 80s Rewind Again podcast then. Time to get a bit of the geek action. The geek. No, he wasn't best pleased after the podcast. He was raging at us. He, no, was, he, he, was was, really... he wasn't best pleased What he did was he pulled his pants even further up his body. <laughs> the small dwarf guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he simply snapped the head of his Luke Skywalker. Oh, no. Was he that angry? Yeah, he's, he's Tatooine Luke Skywalker as well. Oh, no. And the one that comes with the, the thing, getting that animal thing. I've got no... The, what, what, what? the thing that goes along the snow and then yeah, the big Yeah, yeah, definitely. Put, Harrison Ford puts him in his bed. Yeah, definitely. Don't try that home your pet, kids. Don't try that home. However, what I would recommend is, if you're leaving the house for a couple of days, buy your pet a pocky. If you've got a dog or a cat. Speak to I, Philip Sue. He'll help you. Yeah, yeah. I, Philip Sue will sort you with a pocky, which are ideal for, for cats and dogs, but not for <laughs> horses, because they've got hooves. Can you get a hoof key? Say, say what? Can you get a hoof key? That's Turkish for something really rude. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Yeah. Sorry if I've I spent time in prison, people. and when I was there, actually, when I was in a Turkish prison, do you know what was going on? <laughs> they were filming that Midnight Express. Like, I was talking to William Mark, I'm going to cut his throat. I was talking to him and that, and Billy Davis, he got out. He escaped. You should write some memoirs. I'll tell you what, the, the stuff you've lived through is incredible. Somebody Absolutely incredible. I'll tell you about the time I was in Nam. I hope I don't get a flashback during the action heroes. I've got a funny feeling. Uh-oh. I've got a funny feeling. Uh-oh. Might involve someone born arrow. Uh-oh. In Nam Uh-oh. area, Cambodia, jungles. Let's maybe. get on with it. Here's Dave the it. Geek. Let's hear from David the Geek. Hi, it's the Geek here again, adding a touch of class to this podcast. But before I start, I'd like to respond to some hurtful and slanderous comments from episode 9 from Mr. Zero Conti. You call me freak. The word you're looking for there was unique. I know you're just jealous. I'm sure if you keep trying hard, you will one day be as good as me, and eventually you might even get some fan mail that you didn't write yourself. I did consider legal action or some mindless violence with a crowbar, but I thought, no, don't sink to his level. But with vengeance on my mind, I thought, hey, what better way to channel the anger into thinking about 80s action heroes for this podcast? Now, I'll have to start with Mr. Chuck Norris, as I was too scared to start with anyone else. These days, he's best known for his Chuck Norris facts. Like, did you know Chuck Norris and Superman once fought each other for a bet? The loser had to start wearing his underwear on the outside. Jesus may have walked on water, but Chuck Norris can swim through land. Carlos Ray Norris served in the United States Air Force, but began to rise to fame as a martial artist, even founding his own school, Chun Kuk Do, which translated as The Universal Way. 
a Korean-based American hybrid martial arts style. He's a six-time world karate champion, and he's only one of three Americans ever to achieve eighth-degree black belt status in Taekwondo. His martial arts led into film work opposite Bruce Lee in The Way of the Dragon in 72, but he was massive in the 80s with Lone Wolf McQuaid, Missing in Action series, and Delta Force. Did you know Chuck Norris is such a badass he can make a Happy Meal cry? Green Reaper once had a near Chuck Norris experience. Chuck died 10 years ago, but Death was too scared to tell him. I may just tell Chuck Norris that Gino called him a pansy. You break my record, now I break you. Like I break your friend. Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels, that's in Belgium kids, is another movie martial artist who started his successful career in the 80s. Movies like No Retreat, No Surrender, Kickboxer and Bloodsport made him a household name as an ass-kicking movie star. But when he became a film star, there was some debate to his kickboxing accomplishments, because he fought under his birth name, Jean-Claude Van Varenberg. Apparently his fight scenes are so intense that he won't film in the US, for fear of being sued. Not bad for a guy who studied classical ballet for five years. Now he can be seen promoting a certain type of lager, making snow angels, oh how the mighty have fallen. Take my breath away, boom boom, boom boom. Take my breath away, boom boom. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. In 1988, the Nakatomi Tower was attacked by Alan Rickman, and John McClane came to the rescue. Die Hard has to be Bruce Willis's best film, establishing him as one of the elite 80s action heroes, alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, who both turned down the lead role in Die Hard. Die Hard even made some classical music cool in the 80s. Sadly, Bruce Willis did resort to a few comedy roles in the 90s that lost him some major badass points, but still he manages to bring it back, even now being able to kick some serious ass as John McClane in Die Hard 5, A Good Day to Die Hard. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Arnold Schwarzenegger has had amazing careers as a professional bodybuilder, actor, producer, director, businessman, investor and politician. The Governator began weight training at the age of 15 and won the Mr. Universe title at the age of 20 and then went on to win the Mr. Olympia contest seven times. From there he went into acting, becoming one of the biggest stars of the 80s with movies like Conan, Commando, The Running Man, Predator and of course The Terminator. Sarah Connor? Yes. You're dead, honey. I'm Reese. It's a sign to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. This isn't true. How could that man just get up after you did? Not a man. A machine. Terminator. Underneath it's a hyperalloy combat chassis. Microprocessor controlled. Fully armored. Very tough. But outside, it's living human tissue. We cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about 40 years. Are you saying it's from the future? For me, the main action hero of the 80s was Sylvester Stallone, because I grew up watching Rocky and Rambo from a very early age. But even the Rocky bad guys are action heroes in their own right. Carl Weathers was a former professional American football player who pretended he could box to get the part of Apollo Creed in the first Rocky. He went on to star in Action Jackson and Predator, as well as three of the Rocky sequels, until Apollo Creed was killed by Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren. You need an interpreter? It's time to go to school! You're gonna lose. Born Hans Lundgren, the Swedish-born actor is a third Dan black belt karate champion, but he's also a geek, holding degrees in chemistry and chemical engineering. His first part was as a henchman in A View to a Kill in 1985, and from there he went on to play the formidable Ivan Drago, He-Man in Masters of the Universe, Red Scorpion and The Punisher. He also starred in Showdown in Little Tokyo opposite Brandon Lee in 91. Not an 80s film, 
but I only mention it so you'll go onto YouTube and look up Brandon Lean compliments Dolph Lundgren. It's something I can't really say on this podcast, but it's hilarious. Check it out. In Rocky 3, Balboa lost his title to Lawrence Terrard. Never heard of him? Well, I pity the fool who doesn't know Mr. T. Mr. T started out as a bouncer, then went on to be a bodyguard, protecting celebrities such as Muhammad Ali, Steve McQueen, Michael Jackson, Leon Spinks, Joe Frazier and Diana Ross. In 1980, he was spotted by Sylvester Stallone to play Clubber Lang in Rocky III while taking part in NBC's America's Toughest Bouncer. No, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool, and I would destroy any man who tries to take what I got. What's your prediction for the fight? Pain. Mr. T was so popular with Club and Lang, he was cast as the tough, nice guy, B.A. Baracus, in the A-Team. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. But back to the man himself, Rocky Balboa. Born Michael Sylvester Gardenzio Stallone, Sly was a struggling writer and actor in the mid-70s when he saw the Muhammad Ali-Chuck Wepner fight. This inspired him to write the little-known film of an underdog fighting against the odds. The inspirational story of Rocky Balboa, a down-and-out fighter given a once-in-a-lifetime shot at the title. Rocky was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, including Best Actor and Best Original Screenplay. The film went on to win the Academy Award for Best Picture, Best Directing and Best Editing and spawned four fantastic sequels and Rocky V. He became, in my opinion, the biggest action hero of the 80s, with films like Cobra, Tango and Cash, Lock Up, Over the Top, and of course the Rocky and Rambo films. I'm coming to get you. The worrying thing about Stallone is, he's the same age as my dad and he could still kick my ass. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling all manly and stuff. So I'm off to the gym to pump some iron, go toe-to-toe, and possibly usurp a dictatorship with one handgun that never seems to run out of bullets. Or I could just watch The Expendables so I can watch most of these action heroes in one film. Until next time, keep it 80s and keep it geeky. But one last thing, to paraphrase John Rambo, Gino, I'm coming to get you. But I mean that in a threatening way, not not like in a sexual way, yeah? All I'm going to say, David, is don't ever, ever quote my hero in your voice. Because you've got a, like a girly man, boy, <laughs> lady boy voice, little thing. And you really are a geek. If you're going to quote Sylvester <laughs> Stallone, you quote him this way. Let's start off with, Uh-oh. I'm going to give you the character names, Paul. Here's a wee quiz for you. Oh, but I'm also, I'm killing two oh. birds with one stone. Okay. But ideally, I'm only going to kill David the Geek. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> so, which movie did Sylvester Stallone play Lieutenant Marion Cabretti? I have no idea. Cobra. And this is a quote from Cobra. You're the disease, and I'm the cure. There you are, David. Right, so you ready for the next one? <clears throat> In which movie did Sylvester Stallone play John J. Rambo? No idea. First Blood. And here's a quote from First Blood. Okay. I can't read my writing. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, calm down. I told you I've got problems. <laughs> don't push me. Don't push me. I'll give you what you won't believe. Okay, here we are. So, in which uh, movie... Sounds like did... speaking Shogun style. No, Shogun style was this. Or was that Charlie the Cat thing? 
That's Charlie the Cat, the Shogun is. It's totally different. Right. <clears throat> In which movie did Sylvester Sloan play Lincoln Hawk? No idea. It was over the top about arm wrestling, and his wee boy has got the truck in there. Meet me halfway across the sky. That's a theme tune, I love it. However, this is a quote from that. The world meets nobody halfway. When you want something, you got to take it. And he says that to his wee boy, who was arm wrestling a boy in a pinball machine at a truck stop, but he loses, comes out greeting, Sylvester alone, <laughs> puts his cap on him, and he spins it round, and that's the switch to win the arm wrestle. Wow. And it's amazing. He does that thing with his hands. Do, 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 meet me halfway across the sky. Anyway. That's from Over the Top, and here's the final one. In which movie did Sylvester Stallone play Frank Leone? No idea. That movie was, was Lock Up, where Donald Sutherland was uh, was the governor of this prison, and he goes in, and he's a bit dodgy and stuff like that, and Sylvester Stallone eventually outs him near the end. But there's a scene in it where they can't understand what's going on inside, and he explains to the guards, You got your rules, we got ours. Yeah. Yeah, so wonderful. If anyone's going to quote Sylvester Stallone, I mean, it's going to be me. And he was doing a quiz on his Twitter feed last week, Uh-oh. and I, I responded to him. He never got back to me. Oh, but if there's one person I want to meet before I die, uh, it's Sylvester Stallone. But before I actually do that, I've got to become a real boy. And how are you going to become a real boy? Have you worked this out yet? I'm not going to go to uh, Pleasure Island with that boy that smokes the cigars. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell the lies. I'm actually going to go to school and listen to Jiminy Cricket, and then go home and feed my fish and the cat. And then I'm going to go in a whale's mouth for my dad Geppetto. Okay, he'll finish off the grandfather clock or whatever he's making. He's good with wood. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then I'm going to like go in the whale's mouth and the whale's going to swallow him and the whale's going to, and we're going to light a fire in the whale's mouth. Okay, but I'm hoping when we light the fire, Charlie doesn't go, blah, blah, blah. shut up, Charlie, I'm trying to get the whale's mouth. And then we get the whale's mouth and he spits us out and we can't be sure. I think Geppetto's there to give him the Heimlich. One more thousand, two more thousand. And then I wake up and then the fairy comes back and she goes, Do you know, look at yourself, look at yourself. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm wood. I need to get some Ron Seal. I need to get and she goes, But you don't need Ron Seal anymore because you're, you're a real boy and I've become a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay over there? I just want to. St- I need to think. I've, I think I need to stop right now and just check that you're okay. You feeling okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you sleep deprived? Yeah, st- Have you been taking any medication? You shouldn't be. I'm happy. You just seem very, very crazy today, even crazier than normal. I'm happy. That's good. That's good. It's good I'm to happy be happy because we've reached a milestone. Smile and the world smiles with we've you. Reached else, we've Uh-oh. reached a milestone. Uh-oh. Ah! Touching me. Listen, we've reached a milestone. This weekend when we go to London, we're sharing a room. And that's a true story. <laughs> Ah, I've got rose petals for the bed and everything. Like, oh if you get God. lost, I'm going to do a wee trail. <laughs> no, the big problem um, is we've got spots all this sharing with us. There's three of us in oh, a blooming single you, bed. I tell, tell you, you. and he, tell you, he's tears. in. He's in the mood. Have you seen him walking about? Oof. Oh, I know. Yeah. Charles is up to his armpits. All that. He kind said of to stuff. me, he was feeling quite sexy. Uh, really. Anyway, let's move on. One more interview to bring you yes. on today's show, and it's uh, another one from 1983, just like from uh, Ivan, Men Without Hats kind of thing. This was the most played song on UK radio from the Lotus Eaters' first picture of you. Now, I spoke to uh, Peter Coyle, he's from uh, Liverpool, very nice guy to chat to, and uh, he had an interesting tale, kind of the struggles against female journalists, they didn't like his style, that kind of stuff. Do you not like women? What? No, no, he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the women that didn't really like him and his style. Um, that's not, that's, 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 um... That's sexist from them. It is, yes. I see, totally a, I see, a, I see a manimist. Am, am I, what? A manimist is a male feminist, but you're not a feminist because you're not a woman, so you're a manimist. I'm going with that. I don't know what it means, but I'm going with that. I'm hoping I'm not offending anybody by saying that. So anyway, here he is, Mr. Peter Coyle from the Lotus Eaters. <laughs> so yeah, taking you back to the summer of 1983, them were the days, weren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, just starting off and um, 
just to be so a part of music and it was a really special time special music and great and just the start of my journey 1983 your song had more UK radio plays than any other song that's incredible isn't it yeah it is amazing and it's quite, what's quite funny about it is I, basically I was happy about us releasing that because I wanted it to just be like a nice little warm up just get used to you know planet earth and all that marketing palaver and um, it was uh, it was such a shock that people talked to it but it was really lovely and it, it's still you know it, it means so much to me when I still get little emails people saying you know what that song means so much to me and I'm just so proud and, and feel so honoured to be a part of it it's just really it's basically what I'm still trying to do day in day out you know I, I love pop music I, I believe in it and it means so much to me and I, I like I, I, all I want to do is to reach people again and it's a sentiment we can echo up here because it's always a song which is heavily requested here on the show as well but going back to the beginning of the song's life then the, the first time we heard it was 1982 wasn't it when it was aired on the John Peel uh, Radio 1 sessions wasn't it That's right. Well, I actually wrote that song in in, in the depths of winter uh, in Hope Street in Liverpool, and um, it, it's quite funny that it's you know it's a, obviously it's a summer song, but it was actually written I think in December. <laughs> and was, is it a kind of love song then? Because it has a lilting kind of lyrics, doesn't it? That falls along. Is it is it a story of summer? Is it a story of love? Both. <laughs> And then from the hearing on Radio 1, that's when all of a sudden a bit of interest came from the record labels, wasn't it? It was like a scramble to sign you guys up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I was just so happy to be on John Peel's show. Mm. John Peel was someone I just really admired and adored. And um, everyone did, and still does, hopefully. I was just delighted with that. Regarding record companies and that, it's just... Uh, whatever the money they think the money is, they'll, they'll go. We, we were sought after... I just wish we could have gigged a little bit more before um, before they got their hands on us, really. How did that feel then? Because obviously the, the song went big and you had the hit single before really doing any live tours or anything like that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I just wasn't prepared. But basically, my background is, is like, punk and hippies and, you know, <laughs> Genesis and Yes. And, you know, that, that was my background. So when I went on stage and a load of girls started singing, I turned around to see what they were screaming at you know because it, it just wasn't I, i'm not interested in 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 that sort of being a personality it just wasn't isn't my thing for me it i, I was prepared to accept it because it, if it meant i could do what i wanted to do which is music you know so um but it was a, it was difficult because for me once we'd signed the live music was the real bit yeah well having connections with people and and, and through music but again, it was still very difficult because we were quite ahead of our time, if you don't mind me saying, and, and we were supporting Big Country, who, as people, I absolutely adored. But, I mean, musically, I mean, I'd be going on stage kneeling down and sitting down uh, well, you know, before they came on and just started jigging around. Because <laughs> obviously the Lotus Eaters, the impression everyone gets is this kind of uh, almost airy, intimate kind of uh, thought-provoking music. Whereas you say you toured with Big Country and Stuart and Bruce, they kind of went on there to blow oh. everyone away, didn't they? 
Well, they, they were just they were just mega. I mean, you know, they were brilliant at what they did, and they loved what they did. And and you know, Stuart was just such a lovely, and Bruce was both lovely, warm people, and they asked for us to come on, you know, and it was an honour. It was a real honour. But again, it was just so difficult because um, yeah, we were just we just couldn't have been more different. Mm. But you see, that's what's brilliant about music. People who love it come from such different spaces, and we were going for a very feminine thing. Yeah. Uh, well, mainly me and um, big country. We were going for a very <laughs> masculine. Let's get let's get the party hats on. Definitely, I think that's what happened around Good the time them. as well. In the, the summer of '83, when the song was massive, first picture of you. Because at that sort of time, you're thinking of the flamboyance of like the Duran Duran and Culture Club, where everything was over the top, everything was makeup and the giant clothes. And then there's you, and yeah. I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, very cute looking face, and you're on yeah. there, and the girls are with you, and that kind of stuff. It was a very different kind of image, wasn't it? Well, well, yeah. I mean, you no. Know, you, you, you feel free to say what you like, Paul. It's it's, it's a free country, thank God. But I mean, the, the thing is, is see, I mean, again, I, I was a big uh, David Sylvian fan, so and also David Bowie. So mm. makeup didn't really bother me. But basically, when you present yourself to the media, like for example, Morrissey, he presented himself really well to the media because he'd done journalism before and. Mm. I had no idea. And the idea of mentioning books that I'd read, like one of the reasons why I got into music is because I read uh, The Immortalist by André Gide. Um, but I'd never say that because it, it, I, can't, I can't explain it. It just, it just wouldn't... Well, I don't know. I just, it's just my personal thing. Mm. I, I mean, you're meant to play the media and use the media as a tool, and uh, I just don't even... I still don't think like that, and I'm, you know, 51 now. <laughs> Do, we, we, just, do you think maybe at the time you're, you're maybe a little naive when with the, being so young and the record company's kind of pushing you down a, a kind of very sugary pop road, wasn't it? You got the number one magazine and pictures of bunnies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's naive, isn't it? But, but not only that, I mean, I like sugar. Don't get me wrong. Sugar is a great <laughs> thing. We just didn't know what we were doing, basically. We were just, it was, it was early days and everyone did it, you know, like um, orange juice. Yeah. You know, Edwin, you know, yep. the, yeah. We, we were just because we were um, how can I put it? We were we were different, and we didn't we, we didn't we come from a different space, and we thought planet Earth would would be a bit like us, but it, it just wasn't. And you know, for example, I, I had a very feminine outlook. Uh, my hero was Louise Brooks, and the album's called No Sense of Sin, which mm. is based around her. And you know, it, it was about releasing the female psyche in 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 the mail and I used to have lads coming up to me just telling me how much they hated me <laughs> I mean you know you know you know I, I mean I'm with a real vengeance because I was a threat in many ways and it sounds like ridiculous but that's that's the reality and women journalists particularly which really hurt actually women journalists were like you'll change You'll, you'll change, you're too idealistic, you're too precious, how dare you think in those terms, you know, and like, well, well you know, I've got news for you, uh, female journalist, uh, I'm 51 and I think exactly the same. Was that a lot Sorry? of pressure on the band then? Because obviously, negative reaction, some people can cope with and some people can't. Was, was that kind of negative reaction towards the band, was that difficult for the band to cope with? 
Oh God, Jeff, because it was personal. Mm. It was like you, you know the wimp. You know that was the big. We we were wimps, <laughs> and I, it makes me laugh now. I mean, I shouldn't really bring it up to remind people, but I, I will do because I don't really care. We, we were seen as as weak. Well, that's the way the world is made. Mm. It, vulnerability and sincerity is not valued, and you know what. I don't agree. <laughs> I value vulnerability and I value sincerity. People are the same. It's just that for some reason, the world's quite a toxic, celeb-infested place. <laughs> Sorry. And it hurts. Yes, it hurts. Talk about your album then. Uh, no sense yeah. of sin. That was that was the big album from the band. And what I like about the album is that every song kind of sounds different in a way. Do you know what I mean? There's some there's some yeah. bands that you hear a song and the next song will be very similar. And the next song again, you'll you'll know it immediately. But when you listen to something like uh, you don't need someone new, it's kind of got a different feel. It hurts. It's slightly yeah. darker. German girls got a pounding beat. Do you know what I mean? It's apart yeah. from apart from your vocals on there, you can almost say the different songs from different bands. Well, because we were good. We, it's a, it's, sorry, I, I, I know it's an awful thing to say, but we, we knew what we were doing. We, we worked really hard. The songs on, on, on I'm so proud of, even from, I mean, this is 30 years ago we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. We wanted to make a, a brilliant album, and I think we didn't do too bad. We did, we, you know, I mean, our standards are far higher than... <laughs> sorry to say this but uh, we were fighting against the grain but we weren't seen as that mm. we were seen as pop trash and uh, which is fair enough but I mean it's it's not the case we we you know our, our, our heroes were things like Buffalo Springfield we were trying to do something very very special and very very you know sort of Simon and Garfunkel very you know genius basically mm. we, were, we we wanted to, to be really special and um, we did our very best and I'm very proud of that Peter Coyle from the Lotus Eaters there I love that band I love the, the album as well No Sense of Sin it wasn't a very big album yeah. didn't have any other big singles on there but likes of a German Girl and things like that it's a great song but. but from a radio point of view whenever you get a sort of 80 slot scheduled you know you now and again you get the Lotus Eaters you get that first picture of you and it's a fantastic tune it is a great tune I mean it's, it's, it's a different sort of sound as well mm -hmm. isn't it kind of it's like airy like and light sound. and everything like that behind it it's a great song anyway let's move on to the big one today Gino's Big Quiz and like usual I've not told you what it's about you hate it you kind of you, 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 me. you try and get little clues out of me. What's the quiz going to be? What's the quiz going to be about? I kind of let a little bit slip about an hour ago before we came in to do the podcast, and I thought maybe you might go away and research something, but uh, hopefully you haven't. Today's big quiz. Uh huh. Wait, about, no. where's the music? Oh, what the music? Quiz music. Well, no, I'll do that after. All oh, right, sorry, sorry. God, you're so premature. Today's big quiz. Tell me about. Tell me about. Where's this team up? It doesn't matter. Today's big quiz is about 1983. Q music. Ah, there we go. I love ah, that music. I love Great it. Great, Jim. It's my favourite music. Do you know sometimes uh, after the podcast, mm -hmm. maybe late in the day, if I just have a moment, usually when I'm doing my, my yoga, right, <laughs> um, I have that quiet moment and I just close my eyes. Some people listen to the sea via sh seashells. I hear the quiz music. It's amazing. I don't wow. know how to do it. That's wonderful. It's like a sort of total recall, which is like a great movie as well. Is, remember yeah. total recall? Remember how with the three boobs? 
<laughs> Where would you start? Where would you be like oh, left, right, middle, left, right, middle? Be like a sort of breast lottery. <laughs> anyway, we're going to run out of quiz music. Hurry up. Let's start it again because I think we probably have them. There we go. Right. 15 points to get. I think the uh, TV theme change is still topping with 11 yeah, on that one. 11 out of 15. Okay. Not Let's bad. See how you not get bad. On this one. I've got high hopes for you this time. I've not gone too difficult, I don't think. Okay. I've got high hopes too of becoming oh, a real go. boy. Maybe if I get, say, 9 out of 15, the fairy will come back and make me a real boy. Yeah, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Hey, listen, fairy, I'm going to get 9 out of 15 for you, my darling. Okay, question one. What was the biggest selling album of 1983? <laughs> 1983. That's 30 years ago. Biggest selling album. Biggest album of all time. Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. One out of one. Question number two. Get, you're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting a bit premature now. All right, okay, sorry, calm down. Sorry, sorry. Calm down. Oldie, oldie. Give me music. What group was Christmas number one in 1983 with a cover of a song originally released by Yazoo? Hold on. Oh. Hold on. Oh. It's the song that features my favourite human noise a cappella. <laughs> it's the Flying Pickets and <laughs> Only You. Bada. 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 Question three. At the Academy Awards held in April 1983, which film directed by Richard Attenborough swept the board, winning eight of the 11 awards it was nominated for, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor? It is not about religion, it is about finding peace with yourself. Gandhi hey, played by correct. Ben Kingsley who I think I've got best actor you can dance if you want to you can do my dance although Gandhi didn't dance she ever tried dancing in the sand that was a nightmare you got a big massive corn in that oof yeah you got all the sand in that anyway who won the European Cup Winners Cup this is question 4 who won the European Cup Winners Cup in 1983 beating Real Madrid 2-1 was it a British team I don't know well you obviously know the answer just look at your answer and tell me was it a British team I'm not sorry was it one not a half type <laughs> Celtic was it Celtic no oh. Aberdeen oh I knew it was a Scottish team I yeah. knew it was a Scottish team oh. damn question 5 two points available for this one one of the biggest plots in the soap world in 1983 was a love triangle on Coronation Street between Deirdre Barlow and which two characters point for each <laughs> think the big glasses oh, so think the veins was... in the neck but that means I need to picture picture them at it not all three of them at the same time. I think she was kind of going each, between. Each to their own, Paul. Each to their own. Well, yeah, yeah. Feel each free. Feel free. I'm not going to stop. Um, Deirdre Barlow. Deirdre Barlow. Uh, Deirdre was there. Oh, Ken. Ken. Oh, Ken. Uh, it must have been Ken. Ken must have been there. Ken, Ken was Ken. one of them, yeah. Uh, and. Oh, now, wait a minute. It wasn't Percy Sugden. Is it the Sugden boy? Percy Sugden. The old boy. <laughs> you going with Percy Sugden? Don't be ageist. I'm just asking a question. Are you going with Percy Sugden? Is that but your answer? My granddad was still. I'm sure he was. Going for it in his 70s. Do you know what I mean? The amount of times my mum would say, I'm dropping Gino off, you've got give it at least an hour and a half. The paint's no dry yet. Is he going with Percy Sugden? No. What? <laughs> Might be Dev from the shop. Because Deirdre goes and going, Oh, Dev, give me 40 regal. Dev's like, Oh, I'll give you some. <laughs> Ken, now if you had if you had Ken Barlow, it's obviously a few years ago because it was in the eighties. So thirty years ago, who was in Corey? Come on, you're giving me for seventeen different names now. I need one answer. Come on, go, I go, think go, it's go. Benny that used to wear the woolly hat. 
from Crossroads. <laughs> so, so, Crossroads, aye, it was Crossroads. I'm an Enders, I'm an Enders fan. Um, Come on! I'm going to I'm gonna have to close it here. Come on, answer, answer, answer. Percy Sugden, I'm going for that. No, Mike Baldwin. Oh, Mike Baldwin, Mike that's who, Baldwin. isn't it? Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, because I'm drinking she got free underwear. <laughs> Mike, I've lost my underwear. He's like, don't worry, I'll just get... Get off, we're off. Question six. In 1983... The launch of a successful spin-off series from the kids' show Grange Hill. What was it called? Tucker's Luck. Hey, Yay. well done. Doing well. Five out of seven so far for you. I thought I have only got six here. I know, one of them was too bad. Five out of seven. Question seven. Politics. Who became the leader of the Labour Party in 1983 following the retirement of the previous leader, Michael Foote? Uh, Kinnock. Scargill. Kinnick, Neil Kinnick, Neil Kinnick. <laughs> Kinnick uh, Scargill? No, no, hold on. What? That's maybe what their daughter would, if they married the Scargills and the Kinnicks, maybe looking like a double barrel set, like a hyphen. Um, Thatcher. Labour. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on in your Look, head? I don't do politics. <laughs> All right. <laughs> politics are dancing, maybe. Hold on. 1983, Michael Foote, Labour. I'm thinking Neil Kinnick. You going with Neil Kinnick? I think he was the 80s. That's correct. Well yes! done. Christ, did yes! you get that? How many is that? That's six. I bet you've got so far. That's pretty good. Three one. A real boy. <laughs> I've got high hopes. There might like be, a, there be a flash. One. I made it easy. Made it you easy. don't have any. You don't have. You don't you're any... still talking. Shush. Quiz time. Shush. Zip. Question eight. Multiple choice here for you. Okay. Right. Okay. What car became the biggest selling new car in the UK at the start of 1983? I'm going to give you three because. Right. Okay. I think it's quite tough. Can I just write down what I think it is before you go give me the options? Because I want to do like a sort of Paul Daniels. Debbie, ooh, Debbie, ooh. He's still talking about wanting to see them make love. I don't think I could. That would be magic though. <laughs> Especially if we saw her in half beforehand. I'm going to saw her in half and through love making, I'm going to bring her back together. <laughs> Lovely. So the three cars it could be. Was it the Austin Metro? Was it the Vauxhall Astra? Or was it the Ford Orion? Oh my God. Ah, uh, Ford Sierra, look. Ford ah. Sierra. Um, Ford Orion, the Austin Metro. What was the other one? Vauxhall Astra. What was the biggest selling car at the start of 1983? New registrations came out, blah, blah, blah. Would that have been an Astra Mark One back then? And the Ford Orion, I think maybe that came later. That came after the Sierra. Come on, you like your cars, you should know this. Right, just shut up. See, when you talk to me like that. Don't talk to me like that. That's very rude. You're rude to me You're not taught manners by your parents, eh? Tell me to shut up and stuff. I was brought up in Japan, I told you. <laughs> they spoke to me going, What's Shogun for Chop? I don't know when he got right. a few things, a few phrases. I'm going to go for, and this is based on my sister's first car, the Austro Metro. It's correct. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> you can dance if you want to. You can do my dance tonight. You can do my dance. Eurovision Song Contest. This is question nine. Of 1983 was held in Germany, but which country won it for the fifth and final time? It's a tough one. No, it's a tough one. Is it, um, yeah. Is it Eminem, did you say? No. Well, I'll tell you what I was going to say. I was going to say, is that a country in Europe? And then I realised. <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest. I, got confu- I get confused. It's the heat. It's what's roasting in here. <laughs> it's going to be countries pre-EU, pre-split up of the um, Soviet Union and all that. I think I've got it. Go for it. Based on how I feel just now. Uh-oh. Hungary. Incorrect, I'm afraid. Damn. It was Luxembourg. Ah, uh, Luxembourg. Corin Hermes, I think her name was. That sounds like herpes an STD. Yeah, yeah. Colin Herpes. Colin if herpes, life is yeah. a gift.
And the final one, five points to get from this. This is an easy one, so I thought we'll throw it so out what, there. So what have I got just now? You're at seven out of ten so far, Oof. so if you get all these five, That's chance that. to get 12, which wow. would be the new record. Are you amazing, ready for this? Amazing. Let's go. I'll tell you what it is, right? The top five selling songs of 1983. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to say that, though. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play you a clip of the song. Fantastic. Okay? Make it really easy for you. How long are the Each clips? Each clip is 0.9 seconds long. Oof, that's not a lot. 0.9 seconds? Yeah. Is that nine seconds? No, 0.9 seconds. That's not even one second. Less a second, yeah. Why don't you just make it a second? Why are you being so picky? 0. 0.9? <laughs> Who does things like at 0.9? Because you're going to get it anyway, all right? So shut up. You know, if someone says, look, can you help me with this? You don't say, I'll be there in 0.9 of a second. You say, I'll be there in a second. Give me a second. You can give me a second. Okay, I'll, second. I'll lie. I'll lie then. If the it's a second long each piece, okay? Does that make you feel better? No. So why are you arguing? It does make me feel better. Why does it make you feel better? Because if that genesis to me, your stinky, smelly, skiddy, marky pants are on the bathroom floor again, when you pick them up, I wouldn't say, I'll pick them up in 0.9 of a second. I'll say, I'll pick them up in a second. Anyway, here's a go. 0.9 seconds. So, 0.9. Okay, they're all mixed together. One, 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 one. Oh, so it's in a one up. Yeah, they're all falling. So, and I can only play it three times. All right, so get a pen, start scribbling. Are you ready for this? You ready? You ready? You ready? I was born ready. <laughs> So, that's your first play. That is unbelievably tough. So, <laughs> there's five songs in there. Right, okay. Go for it again. This is your second of three plays. Are you ready? Well, you never said three plays. I did. Make it best at five. No. <laughs> second of three plays. You ready? Go. Come on, this is really shut easy. Up, this. Shut this is really easy. Anyone can get these. Some of the biggest selling songs of the 80s, completely. I think I've got two, three, and four. One and five I'm struggling with. Because you know five. I put a wee blip, blip, blip just to separate them, because that's what I'm finding difficult. No, because I don't want to make it any easier than it is. All right? How is it easy? That's How really that easy. easy. How is this easy? It's like the easiest songs in the whole world ever. <laughs> it's not. You know the answers. How many people have you tried this on? Hey, I could have said, tell me the five top selling songs of 1983fullstop.com. And I would have told you. There. I would have told you. Go and on one then. of them was about to be um, Thriller from the album Thriller, because that was the best selling album. Yeah, it wasn't probably the best selling album. It was the best selling album. Come on, I love Lemmy. So you want your last play of it? Do you want your last play of it? Just give me a second here. Do you want I'm your thinking. last play of it? I'm asking you. You know, what? half the time, no hey. one that I think I'm getting good scores. I want song titles as well, I don't want band names. Okay, you got one more play. Got one more play. Okay, I'll, let me just write down the. You can only play it one more time. Just shut your and face. Stop being rude. Honestly. Well, you're totally having a go at me. It's like you're bullying me. Like, no, I just want to know if you want me like, to play I, I one more like time. Andy can I play Leak. one more time? I feel like Andy Leake and you're that's, Kevin Rowland standing there in suspenders. That's you're not totally fair. It wasn't. It wasn't Kevin Rowland. It was the drummer. So you want me to play it one more time? You got one more time. I can play one more time. Let me play one more time. Ready? Ready? Say. I'm gonna play now. Here we go. Ready? Ready? There you go, can't play any more times, that's it, I'm afraid. I'm gonna need your answers very, very soon now. Come on, think of your answers, write them down, tell me what they are, what's your answers? Can you think of the answers are? You got any ideas? Yep. Any ideas what the answers are? Uh, well, number one and number five, I can't get. Number two is Billy Joe Upton Girl. That's correct. Three is UB40 Red Red Wine. That's correct. And number four is Prefab Sprout. That's not a song title. No, that's who it's by. Okay, I'm asking for songs. Um, the King of Rock and Roll. It's incorrect, it's not even prefab sprout. I just thought I'd like oh. continue there. So no, hold on, no, hold on, hold on, I know what it is. No, no, you've said it now, that's it, that's it. So, one and five, you got any ideas on one and five? I think maybe one is wham. Nope. <laughs> five? It's maybe wham. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, so close, you got two there, makes it nine out of 15. Oh. 
That's not bad. It's your second best. Second best so far. So I'll give you the answer to that yeah, montage go for it, thing. Go for it. Right, I'm you ready? Take you ready? Here we go. You ready? That's the last one. Total Eclipse oh, of the Heart. Total Eclipse of the Heart. The first oh, one was... Love is so easy if it comes to life. What song was that? Biggest song song of 1983. Karma Chameleon. Thriller. I thought Thriller was... Oh, it's Biggest Thriller. It's the album. Oh, Karma Chameleon. Karma Chameleon. And number so four was. was David Bowie with Let's Dance. My God, I thought it was that hot dog. Jump ah, that's what doing, I, that's yeah. why I said. Ah, well, there you go. So technically, I was rubbish at the quiz, but <laughs> once I leave here, my angel comes to see my fairy. I'll become a real boy. <laughs> next week, no, next week, next month, episode eleven, you'll be broadcasting with that real boy. We could maybe compare penis sizes. <clears throat> Hey, we're going to London on Friday. London. <laughs> Let me take you by the hand, lead you through the streets of London. My God. We're sharing a room. You better, you better not be allowed to sleep. Podcast. I like to sleep naked, facing the people that I'm sleeping next to, the sharing a room with. I like to sleep naked, and I keep a gl- glass of water by the bed. And sometimes I get up and go for a shower, and maybe sometimes accidentally I just drop my towel. Oops. So I'm just warning you what you Cool, mean. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really excited about that. Can I bring my hand puppet? I have Go, a hand puppet. Bring whatever you want to bring. We'll have to technically be told Definitely. Sto- I won't sleep unless totally. you tell my story, but you have to be the hand puppet. The hand puppet. It's got to do other voices as well. Can I use my sock? My favourite story is um, my favourite story is the little vampire. I like that. Okay. I'm a bit scared though. Right. So any sort of blood reference or fang, I can, you can't do that. Can I just tell you the story of Lost Boys? Is that is that suitable? No, unless, well, you can do it with the puppet, but you've got to tone it down a bit. Do you know? Okay. Like, don't tell me about the noodles and the worms. No, noodles are good. Noodles are good. But my puppet's quite good. Okay. It's right. called Jimmy the Monkey, but he's a gorilla. Have you, have you finished talking yet? Sorry, I'm just telling you about Friday, because on Friday we'll get there and you'll be like, what are you doing, Gino? And I'll be like, I told you this. Stand there naked with my hand puppet on. Well, not <laughs> not, not there. My hand, of Kind of red hot chilli pepper style. Okay, right. Yes, they are. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for episode 10. One yep. last thing to play you, and that is a look back at Maggie Thatcher. Now, obviously, it's very difficult to do a tribute, because yeah. a lot of people... Don't like the woman. Love hate, love hate, yep, love yep. hate. A lot of people but think she's amazing. A lot of people can't stand the woman. The way I look at it is, she did what she felt was best at the time. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm sitting on that big fence. <laughs> Probably the it, best place for us to sit yeah, right now. Because we were too young at the time, and really, what happened then, in a sense, may have changed the country for better or for worse. But at the end of the day, she was someone's wife and she was someone's mum, and it was a job she was doing. So here is the th- tribute to the Prime Minister, which lasted all the way through the 80s. She came to power in 79. 79. And was kicked out by her own party in mm-hmm. 1990. That's right, it was like a mutiny. It w- certainly was. Do you know what a mutiny is? Go on. That's when like, you get kicked out, it's like the takeover. It used to happen on boats. Oh, right, I thought he was going to say something like mutiny is kind of like one of those people that can't speak, like a mute and they're tiny and it's kind of like really small mutes. And the, the Was that what it is? Wow. Uh, Maybe I, th- it's... I kind of was trying to think in Gino Conti world. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got a thesaurus. <laughs> so in this podcast, we've learned a few things. We've learned what mutiny means and also what a pocky is. Can't use it for horses, they've got hooves. <laughs> Thank you very much. And a big congratulations to Gail Spence as well. She's one of the three Gail, Gail, listen, if your teeth start falling out, send us them one at a time. <laughs> we'll put them in a jar like in the fly. You know when he becomes like um, bar hey, fly. We can make some money off this. What, selling teeth? No, I'm just in... thinking tooth fairy. No, no, there's only one fairy. It's my fairy. What? My Pinocchio fairy. My wood fairy. She makes me a real boy. Well, tooth fairy comes and takes the, the teeth and like put money and stuff in. I think I love my fairy. What? I love you, but oh I, like, I wouldn't have relations with you. I'd have relations with her. Oof, with your fairy? Go. For a laugh, I'm going to tie her wings up. She's like the fairy in like Cinderella. 
No, that was a no. That was a fairy godmother. She's too old for me. I'm not an immature woman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, listen. I see you, legs eleven, episode eleven. We're, we're going to be back. I'm so excited already. I just cannot wait. <laughs> it's been a great podcast. Keep downloading and follow us on Twitter and also uh, check out Facebook and go enjoy your sweeties and put all of you loads. I can't wait to find right you and me. Sha sha sha. It's the sort of music I'm going to play to sleep. Mm. Good night. Keep ease. I've signed off. Help! You'll all be aware of the passing of the first, and still to this day, the only female Prime Minister of Great Britain. Margaret Thatcher died aged 87. Now, usually at this point, when a star or a leading figure dies, I whip out my pen and my splicing blade, and I set about making a tribute package. But, for Margaret Thatcher, it's not that simple, is it? You see, for, for every person that adored Maggie... She was the outstanding politician of her generation. She dominated not just politics here in Britain, but right across the world. Someone else vehemently detested her. Whilst I'm concerned about any human being dying, I do actually regret the fact that she was ever born. And I do wish that Thatcherism itself had died, but unfortunately it hasn't. Now this show, the 80s Rewind Show, is all about entertainment and nostalgia and it would be remiss of me not to acknowledge the woman who led the UK throughout the whole of the 1980s. Very few people in the world have divided opinion the way that Margaret Thatcher did, and still does to this very day. She's loved and loathed in equal measure. But one thing's for sure, she'll be remembered by everyone. For a woman so openly despised, she can point to the fact that three election wins, and being the longest-serving 20th century Prime Minister says she was doing something right. And her supporters will point to many things. The end of communism, the end of the Cold War, the right to buy council houses, the end of the UK stagnating. Thatcher's supporters are as vociferous as those who opposed her. Margaret Thatcher didn't just lead our country, she saved our country. She was the shopkeeper's daughter from Grantham who made it all the way to the highest office in the land. An inspirational leader, courageous, tenacious. I thought she was a wonderful lady. Personally, I'm for her. I think she did a lot of good and she had to do some really tough things. She took on that male-dominated consensus and won. You look at Margaret Thatcher and you compare her with some of the men in grey suits who preceded her and who succeeded her, there's no doubt that her memory will live on. She was um, a titan in British politics. I believe she saved our country because when she took over in 1979, we were in a period of real economic decline and many thought the country was ungovernable. But the other side of this is the human effect. The rising tide of unemployment following the closure of many heavy industries, which crippled communities and ruined families, sending our troops to war in the Falklands, the war over the unions, the riots, the hunger strikes and the poll tax. Her stirring quoting of St Francis of Assisi on the steps of Number 10 on the day of her election win was meant as a message of positivity, but in later years could be used as a stick to beat her. She destroyed so many people's lives, she destroyed so many communities. Where there is error, may we bring truth. Why can't the Prime Minister stop dodging the question? Where there is doubt, may we bring faith. 
She united everyone against her and thankfully we managed to bring her down. And where there's despair, may we bring hope. Almost deserted areas where shops are boarded up, where there's no employment, where there's no future, where there's many social problems. Uh, she's absolutely destroyed what were great communities. This The Milk Snatcher, Attila the Hen, The Iron Lady, call her what you will, whatever side of the Thatcher fence you sit on, no one can deny she made an impact. Her unshakable self-belief and unwavering determination to see through what she believed to be the right thing is what kept her in office for so long. Margaret Hilda Thatcher passed away aged 87. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Get more from the North's number one radio station at mfr.co.uk.